So we, uh, we are here to the, the fourth week of Advent, um, week number one of Advent. We talked about um, how uh, in a time of waiting, and that Advent kind of is a, is a season for us to remember that we aren't the only ones that have to wait for something good or for something that was promised. And one of the things that we, we learned and talked about the first week of Advent was in a time of waiting, we can be surprised by the amount of strength that we have as we um, as we walk closely with the Lord in those times of waiting. Um, in the second week, uh, we talked about what are the things that are in the way of drawing closer to him. If we are waiting for, for him to draw near to us in the everyday, are there some stumps in the way? Are there some obstacles to him drawing close to us? And then last week, we talked about joy, and specifically tied to Advent, a future joy. Uh, we can have joy as we look ahead to the future and trust in his promises and one of the things that helps us with that in the meantime is expressing gratitude. I don't know if you um, participated in that in any way, um, but uh, that is a, a kind of the, the root. Um, gratitude is the, is the root of, of joy. And today, what I want us to see is that in times of waiting is when we um, receive the courage to say yes to the will of God. We say yes to what God asks us to do. And so when we think of crazy things to say yes to, I want us to consider the courage that that young teenage Mary had. Crazy, huh? Pretty crazy. Um, as, we, um, as our students read, and I can't help but think, we don't know for sure, but like Mary was about your age, Ava. And she's visited by an angel and is given this enormous news, this enormous task of, I want you to carry the Savior of the world. And instantly there's some questions, <laughs> naturally. I mean, she's thinking culturally, she's thinking, uh, what, what's this going to be like for me as a, uh, you know, and this future family that I have in mind? Um, I'm a junior in high school, what does this do for my schooling? Oh, the many things that, that Mary could be thinking about, and yet her response is, may your word to me be fulfilled. She said yes to God. And this idea of saying yes is very countercultural because it's, it, it involves surrender, and surrender is not a word that we cling to very often in our culture. We are taught to never surrender. Never let them see you sweat. Never say die. But then here we have what is really the most courageous thing to do, and that is to surrender. This, this teenager yielded her entire life to the will of God. So saying yes to God was a complete disruption of her life. What were, what were some things that were disrupted by her saying yes in this way? Yeah. Yeah, so she was engaged, and then she's going to her fiancé and saying, surprise, yeah. Yeah, yeah, her, did you say her character? Yeah, yeah, her reputation, which meant a whole, whole lot in that culture. It should mean a lot for us, too, but especially there, yeah. In fact, do you know what the consequence, there was a law that allowed for what to happen if you were, yes, you, you could actually be stoned to death 
for getting pregnant out of, outside of the bounds of marriage. Anything else? What else stands out to you that, that Mary had to face? Yeah. Yeah, we don't have, that I know of, we don't have too much about that in Scripture. What would that have been like for her? Yeah, that relationship with her parents. Yep. Yeah, yeah. What what were her plans for her first year of what she had always dreamed of for marriage? Was you know was it a you know was the honeymoon kind of shifted a little bit? Um, what what plans did she have, and how did those? And we know that as we continue to read this story in Luke and some of the other Gospels, um, they did travel, but it wasn't a honeymoon. They were on the run for their life. So Mary, um, I'll just be honest, with the, um, some of us grew up in a faith tradition that, um, that really said Mary is to be worshipped. And then some of us grew up in a faith tradition that was kind of a knee-jerk response to that, like we're just, yeah, let's not really talk about Mary because we don't want to be accused of of worshiping Mary, but can we all agree that there is a tremendous amount in her life that we can all respect? There's a tremendous amount that, that God is showing us and uh, through this, this teenage girl. And so um, without going too far, because um, uh, I don't believe that the Bible wants us to worship Mary or pray to Mary, um, but we certainly should not overlook the example that she is for us. Um, what is it that enabled her to say this yes to God? Was it she just kind of had that personality type that loved adventure? <laughs> or was there something that took place in her that brought her to a point to where, yeah, she's going to have some questions, but the most natural response is yes. Have you ever had someone that you love and that you trust say, hey, I need a favor from you? And before they ask, you say yes. You might have a person or two like that. Hey, I got something I need to ask you. Yes, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'll do it. And I guess the, the what if that I want to pose this morning is what if we had that deep of a love for God? What if we had that much trust that he says, hey, I've got, I've got something that I want you to be a part of here on earth. Yes, yes. What is it? No, just yes. That's, that's the place that I believe uh, we want to grow to. Okay? Um, uh, St. Ignatius is, uh, he kind of gave us uh, centuries ago several practices that we still use today. And again, a spiritual practice is just a form of training our hearts and our minds and our souls um, to grow and to be mature um, so we can be a better reflection of Christ. And uh, one of the prayers that he taught the people that he was leading, uh, the people that he was discipling, is called the Prayer of Indifference. Now that may sound like a weird name, so let me tell you what indifference is not in this setting. He is not saying, I want you to pray this prayer of apathy. Indifference in this case is not apathy. It's not like a thoughtless, yeah, okay, whatever. It, there's some real serious teeth 
to this. Let me tell you, here's the prayer of indifference that he taught uh, those people and that I, I see this reflected in Mary's yes. The prayer goes like this, Lord, may your will be done, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Lord, may your will be done, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And it's just a way to expound on that yes that he is inviting us to. And the indifference, you're saying, I am indifferent to anything other than your will. It's a, it's a way of saying, um, it's, it's the capacity of letting go of anything that doesn't contribute to your love for God and your love for others. Again, we see this yieldedness, this abandonment. Mary said, may your words to me be fulfilled. Lord, may your will be done. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. Can I state the obvious? And that is, that's a crazy prayer to pray. That's hard. I mean, if we're really going to be honest, that's not something that you just kind of let roll off your tongue without going, ooh, what did I, did, did I just sign a blank contract? What, what is going on? What, what does this entail to say, Lord, your will be done through me? And I love that the picture. This is, we're talking of a, con, a conduit. What Brian was talking about, this is, he said to Mary, he says to us, I want to be a conduit of grace through you i want you to be that funnel that conduit and for us to say yes to that what you want no more no less nothing else and this really isn't the only time that we see this lived out in scripture there's several examples but let me give you one um, when jesus was teaching people how to pray he said our father in heaven hallowed be your name May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I think our subconscious self kind of seeks to build our own little kingdoms. Seeks to kind of say, this is what I want and I'm going to arrange everything around it so that I get what I want. But this simple prayer, the Our Father or however you want to refer to it, brings us back every time we pray it to, wow, it's... Have I been living for my kingdom or for God's kingdom? And, and so Jesus is saying, um, this is something that we can be praying. Ignatius taught it to his disciples. Mary modeled it for us. And when we hear that, when I say it's like a really difficult prayer, it kind of sounds like a graduate level course, doesn't it? But actually, it's for first graders in the faith. In other words, it's foundational. This is where we begin. This is where we start, and this upholds us throughout our journey. It's beginning by saying, God, it's all about you. I need you. And we wake up each day, and we continue to live with that dependence on him, recognizing that. So, you know, a, a saint, someone we view as a saint, um, kind of, Put this prayer together but I don't want you to think this is just for those that have attained some special religious um, uh, status Paul refers to all followers of Christ as saints so in that sense we're all saints and I would love for us to grow to a point to where we can pray with a pure heart 
Lord, may your will be done. Nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. So here's a key point that I want, um, I want you to reflect on. What has God placed in you that he is asking you to bring forth into this world? What is the grace that he has given you that he wants you to share with the world? What is the way that he wants to bring redemption to a broken world through you? What is that for you? Is that an area of your life where God is calling you to say a deeper yes? Just to yourself, can you, can you name something as you think about that? Is there something that comes to mind? What is that that God is saying, I, I want a deeper yes from you? What is it that a special grace God wants to give you a special grace for you in a way that probably only you can do it, can bring Jesus into this world, that can offer hope and salvation. Um, I think this is a really, really good question for us to ask, especially as we think about turning uh, the corner to 2022. And I want us to think about this personally, individually, but this is a question that I want us to begin asking as a church family. Who is God calling us to be? What is the yes that we are to say yes to? What is, what, what is that that God wants to do through Bay Marin that maybe other churches wouldn't be able to do or just simply aren't called to do? What is it that God is saying to Bay Marin? This is my will for you. And are we collectively, as a family, ready to say yes? Um, what if God says, I desire for Bay Marin to have an amazing children's ministry. But I want it to take place Monday through Friday after school instead of an hour on Sundays. How do we say yes to that? What does that look like? What's our response? Um, what if God is nudging some of you and he says, I, I want you, I know this sounds crazy, but I want you to start living on half of your income and give the other half to the poor. What's your response? If God comes to you and says, you know that spare bedroom in your house? There's a foster child that needs a home. Are we ready to respond with a Yes. Sometimes it's, it's something big, life-altering, and sometimes, sometimes we might be in a conversation where we hear God saying, can you just be quiet for a moment? <laughs> can we say yes to being quiet and letting God do something without us throwing our words in there to try and manipulate a situation? Is there a specific type of brokenness in our county or in your neighborhood, that God says, I, I want you to begin to address that. Rearrange your life so that that can be more what you're living for. Are we ready to respond 
with a yes, whether that's collectively um, or individually. I want to go back up just a little bit earlier to what, what was read in this passage in Luke. The first thing that the angel said to Mary, four words, what were they? Do not be afraid. That's a great beginning. What is God going to call us to? I don't, I don't know, but it, maybe we need to just kind of step back and go, what are we afraid of? And how can we wrestle through whatever fear that is that we have? And fear sometimes is just a recognition of, of potential danger. It's not like, you know, sin. You know, you're letting God down because you have fear. No, it's, you recognize the gravity of the situation. So how do you enter into that, like Mary, with courage and say yes? And so the angel comes to her and says, do not be afraid, you have found favor with God. And that word favor, I think it's interesting that we use that word, but it's the same word that we see translated as grace all throughout the New Testament. Carisso, Harris, grace. And so the angel is saying, don't be afraid. God is giving you a special grace gift. So let me go back to that question I posed earlier. What does God want to birth through you? God has placed a special grace within you for this season. What is that that he wants to bring forth into the world through you. And that word for fear is uh, phobios in Greek. You can kind of guess where we get the word fabio from that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, this, is, this isn't just like, a, oh, you spooked me. This is a phobia. In other words, the angel is saying, don't be scared off. The angel was saying to Mary, don't run away from this opportunity. God is giving you a special grace. And so I think when God comes to us and he begins to reveal what he wants the most from us, um, probably one of the most challenging things for us to do is to sit still. Is to just receive this special grace. Whether we run off in fear or we want to run off and just kind of do it in our own time or in our own way, um, I was uh, reminded of this uh, journal entry from several years ago, and uh, just real briefly, it, uh, I wrote this. Stillness is vital if I am to live a life of love that overflows onto others. Last night, as the waitress refilled my water glass at dinner, it was very helpful to her and to me that my glass was still. I didn't make the waitress chase a moving glass as I slid it around on the tabletop, sometimes pushing it towards her, other times pulling it back. No, this is what I did. I set the glass down and for her presence, and I let it go. Again, stillness is vital if I am to live a life of love that overflows onto others. Don't be scared off. God has a special grace that he wants to pour into you. <laughs> Can we be still? And say yes to God. 
Don't be scared off. Receive God's special graces. And then I love what comes next in this story. He doesn't just kind of do this, this huge God's will brain dump on Mary. He also says to her, hey, there's, there's somebody that you can talk to about this that's going to encourage and reaffirm and say, yes, you're not crazy. I see what God has put in you. Beginning in verse 39 of Luke 1, at that time Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, who we know later is uh, John the Baptist, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary went to Elizabeth and said, I just want you to know God's put something in me (laughs) that's going to change the world. What is it that God has put in you that could change the world? That could change your corner of the world? And who is your Elizabeth? Who is someone that you can come alongside, that will come alongside you and say, I I see the special grace that God has given you, and I want to encourage you in that. A spiritual friend is someone who can see and name and affirm what God is doing in your life. Now, we don't see this lived out here, but that same spiritual friend is also one that can help you identify if, if you've missed God's will. That's an important part, too. They love you too much to see you devoting your life to something that God did not want you to do. What has God placed within you? Um, I think as we think about this next year coming up, with all of its unknowns, what is God calling us as a church to do? Um, I want us to begin to think about the questions of who are we and what is our purpose. But maybe before we answer those questions, the best question for us is, is to ask ourselves, where do we see God at work? Because it's not up to us to just kind of dream up something cool to do. Mary didn't say, I want to really make a difference in the world. I think I'm going to carry the Savior of the world. That's what I'm going to do. God, that's what I want to do. Would you bless that? She said yes to what God wanted for her to do. So rather than us just kind of trying to dream up something, can we be still and allow God to pour his special grace into us and trust that he knows what he wants us to join him in. Is he already at work somewhere that we can recognize and that we can participate with? So a big part of that, I think, is just paying attention. Where is God at work? And how is he tugging on your heart in the middle of that? 
Um, we spent a whole month, really, last summer, focusing on what it's like to focus on the presence of God in our midst. Paying attention, being still, and being alert. And I want us to give us a, 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 just a couple of moments right now to do that. Um, Jane, you can kind of make your way up. She's going to lead us in a song in just a moment. Um, I want you to consider the importance of, of paying attention. And if you want to think of yourself as that glass sliding around ra erratically across the, the table as a waitress is trying to pour water into it, um, this is an opportunity for you to be still and just say, God, if, if there is a special grace that you want to pour into me, I want, I want to be still in your presence. I say yes to whatever it is that you want to pour into me. And some of us maybe would feel led to just place our hands in our laps, palms up, hands open, palms up. It's just a picture of surrender. It's kind of saying, I don't want to cling to anything that I shouldn't. And I want to be open to the things, the special graces that you want to give. So if, if a, that posture helps you in prayer, uh, maybe just in the quiet of these next couple of minutes, closing your eyes, would you say, um, God, I want to be a conduit of your special grace. Maybe you already know what he has placed within you. Maybe this is a time for you to say, God, open my eyes to what you are placing in me for the sake of others.